Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. What's up? This is Matt Franco from Mind Over Magic here with Eric Dittleman, and we had a magical week, and we're here to tell you about it. Also, magic and magic. You're saying magic a lot, so I thought I'd repeat it. <laughs> it's in the title, bro. It is in the title. Uh, yeah, a uh, couple uh, things to note. You had a birthday last week. I had a birthday this week. Lots of birthdays. So much Thank fun. Thank you to you and your brother, Mark, for the gift. Yes, you got a, you, the gift finally arrived. Uh, do you want to tell us what you received? <laughs> A thousand and one movies you must see before you die. It is a giant book. Yes, yes. We figured if anyone needs this book, it's you, Matt. <laughs> Definitely appreciate the thought. I was uh, skimming through it and mm. I went straight to the index. Just to see what movies you've seen and what you haven't? I wanted to just see how much credibility this book has. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You were checking for a specific movie. I was checking for Doubtfire, which maybe I was under the wrong genre, but I was unable to find it. So then I checked Karate Kid, was unable to find it. Um, and then I thought, well, the director of Karate Kid's last name was Advilson. So let me check to see if he's in the director um, directory, but I couldn't find him there. I thought, well, that's weird because like, I feel like that would be in there. And also he directed Rocky. How could Rocky not be in here? Uh-huh. Was able to find Rocky. So yeah. I might have to go back. Right. And, and do a little bit of research on this. But um, yeah, no, thank you and Mark for the uh, for the awesome gift. Definitely uh, well, well the- suited for the person it was given to. <laughs> these are these are movies you sh- need to see. So it's, it's tailored to you. So it's not well, a include- lot of them are like from uh, it goes all the way from like, you know, the early 19. You know, I saw movies yeah. in there from 1940s, Classics. 50s, and then it goes all the way up to now. Yeah, yeah. More modern ones, especially, you know, like a lot of Oscar winners, of course, because a lot of those you got to see. But I mean, I don't think they was necessarily geared around like 90s comedies and early 80s action <laughs> movies. <laughs> Do you know how long it would take to watch a thousand and one movies? Oh, you could probably do it in like, what, a day or two? I'm bad at estimating, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're talking a couple hours a piece, you're talking... You know, 2,002 hours, divide that by 24, yeah. which I can't do in my head. I mean, sure. yeah, but you might not be as long as I think, actually. Right, I know, and you can throw it on the background as you practice some magic. You oh, I don't know, does movie. that count? Yeah, I get the gist of these movies. Yeah. How was your birthday? It was good. Oh, it's, I mean, it's still, like, happening. My birthday turns into, like, a birthday week. There's multiple <laughs> celebrations and whatnot. Uh, but, um, the, uh, the primary thing we did was, uh, my little escape room group finally got together. This was like our first live in person escape room since like the world started opening up a little bit. Uh, we did two escape rooms, one stranger things themed and, uh, another one that was like, kind of like a follies, Bajer, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that word right. Uh, theater kind of thing. You said it right. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, and uh, it was like all about like activating the ghost light, which, you know, obviously being involved in theater is that light that you're supposed to leave on stage uh, once the theater's like closed down uh, because there's like superstitions around that and yada, yada, yada. But it was like contacting like spirits and kind of evoking things. So both rooms were a little spooky, but they were very fun and themed very well. Um, you beat both? 
Yo, we destroyed both records for the room. Whoa. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you guys, and I thought you might be a little rusty. No, no, we're a well-oiled machine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we just got back into our old, uh, you know, strategies and calling out things in the rooms. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like each team member did their part, too. Sometimes it's hard to find, like, the things that are, like, the scavenging part thing, because sometimes you're just stuck because you haven't found the right thing to look at. Uh, but, yeah, it was very, very fun. Are you at all then, familiar with the Follies Bergere? Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's a big theater. I just didn't know if I was pronouncing the French part right. I'm not there was a show in Vegas <laughs> called the Follies Bergere. Yeah, yeah. There's not much history in Vegas because they just like blow up their old buildings. <laughs> 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 they do like doing that, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> Which There's What so was history. the one we watched from your apartment? That, that was the Riviera. That was the Riviera. Yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to like actually witness an implosion, and there's got to be so much science involved, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how they do that. Yeah. Um. The rest of the birthday was good though too. We went to Dinosaur Barbecue. Um, oh, they. I didn't. Oh, wait a minute. I thought that was way upstate. Yeah, it was. It's in upstate New York. Is like I think the original, perhaps. I know. I knew of it from Syracuse, where my brother. You know. I thought that's the one I've been to. Yeah. And then, uh, but they have a bunch in New York and like, I think there was even one when I was doing AGT in Newark at the, you know, there was one around the corner there and yeah, but, uh, and now I'm realizing why, like when I meet people from Syracuse and I bring up dinosaur barbecue, they don't really get that excited. I guess it's like kind of grown into more than just that now. I, yeah, I think it's like more of a, there's many locations now, but I think there's still some, you know, cuse people who were, you know. Uh, loyal to it and enjoy it's a swing and a miss every time i bring it up that's, <laughs> that's what i'm hilarious. saying well <laughs> i don't think you're bringing it up much uh you know it's not very vegan friendly the, the, i wasn't the a meal, vegan at the time the meal we had was you know <laughs> i kind of you popped in the back of my head i was like oh matt what would matt get here all this meat here. <laughs> well amazing. what did you get uh like i split a, a full rack of ribs baby ra- like, baby back or st louis st louis i believe Oh, really? See, I was always into the baby back. Yeah, well, the song from Chili's. No, that's not why. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason I was into it. Do you know the difference? No, I have zero clue, no. So why do you think it was St. Louis? Because I'm I'm almost sure that when I went, I had baby back. Uh, I don't know. That just seemed what the option was when we ordered Mm. from the menu. Maybe it was. They might have both. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you take a picture of it? No. Oh, my God. Then it didn't even happen. <laughs> if, if you, the giant meal doesn't count unless you take a photo of it. Photos or it didn't happen, man. Oh, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the night continued. Uh, we got some ice cream at Ample Hills, uh, played some games, and then uh, it continued again the next day with another group of friends at the, the reopened beer garden. I'm so glad things are opening again. Right. No, me too. So I had Absolutely. A, I had a great birthday. I had a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to probably continue celebrating with other friends this weekend and eventually with family at home. And <laughs> it's a month. It's a month, my birthday. It always turns into <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I had a blast. I, so uh, thank you to my friends who were, you know, have uh, helping me uh, celebrate. So what Fantastic. else, Matt? Uh, I what else were you up to this week? I I did a uh, a show we could talk about, but I'm curious what how your shows are going. It's been a whirlwind, actually. Um, I've been hanging out with magicians for days, every day. For days. I, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was Sunday. I went to a um 
a birthday party, like a one-year-old birthday party. So it wasn't mine? It was not yours. <laughs> <laughs> it was not on your exact birthday, although it did happen on your during your birthday week, so I guess it kind of counts. Um, and the mother of the baby's uh, brother does magic, and he and oh. I have known each other for a bit. So it wasn't soon before long. We were sitting at a table, and he took his cards out. Oh, there you go. So, like, we were that stereotype of, like, the two people in the corner doing card tricks for each other. That happens, doesn't it, when mag- magicians get together? You know, uh, sooner or later, a deck of cards will pop out, and then it's just like, you show me what you do, I'll show you what I do, and you kind of jam back and forth. We were jamming. We were uh, jamming. Yeah, we were jamming, having a good time. <laughs> and then an idol of mine came into town, Bill Malone. Bill So Malone. he was here. I think he came in that same day. Um, wow. So he came to the show with uh, Charlie Fry and Sherry, his wife, and um, the number one gambling expert in the world. So it wow. was it was, uh, it was quite a time having them there and uh, really, really exciting for them to see the, the new show and all the changes we've made and stuff like that. And then. Wait, wait, wait. Um, the number one gambling expert. They let that person into Vegas? Um, probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I'm glad we just, well, we didn't say who it was, so I guess it's safe on the podcast. <laughs> and we just outed this person that was like in the, in coming to Vegas, just clean, uh, you know, ran the town clean of all its money. And then well, left. this person has spent most of their career working actually for casinos. I mean, oh. literally every casino has, uh, every major casino company has used him as uh, part of their uh, gaming protection partner okay to yeah, yeah. train their team on what to look for um you know started off as a floor manager he was the mm-hmm. youngest um casino floor manager uh in all of las vegas when he first started out and has done all kinds of things and written books and gaming protection series that has sort of been the bible for uh casino security companies all over the world for the past uh, several i mean decades really yeah yeah, yeah. that's amazing so so mm-hmm. gambling expert. and he loves magic yeah. oh yeah well they're kind of always tangentially related right like gambling yeah all the gambling demonstrations and did you show them any gambling demonstrations like those like uh you know where you can kind of like there's there's a like a genre of card magic where it's, it seems like you're simulating actual like card cheating techniques and you are using card cheating techniques as well <laughs> Yes and no. Um, There's a balance. You know, it's funny when I was I, I when I was sitting sitting with him um, for breakfast. Uh, he asked me. He said, "Matt, do you use any gambling moves in the show?" Right. And I didn't realize that was like his way of um, basically wanting me to say, "Hey, I'm working on this," and like open yeah. the door for like a jam. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took it the other way of like, there's no way I'm going to be like that schmuck magician who like tries to tell the gambling guy about my gambling demonstrations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to I was just kind of like, uh, <laughs> no, nah, let me, I don't, I'm not sure if I, I, I was like, I don't know if I'm really using a lot of those techniques in the show. Uh, if I do, you'll see them, I'm sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, so when I said no, um, you know, my friend Charlie goes, Check, please. <laughs> like, okay, we're done here. Yeah, yeah, You just yeah. ruined the opportunity to let, you know, the most legendary person in all of, uh, you know, gambling sleight of hand take out a deck of cards. I just ruined it for everyone <laughs> by saying no. I think, I think there's a good, like, you could always turn that around and be like, 
I'm not, but uh, what do you got? <laughs> you know, just try and. I didn't face know that way. Yeah, I didn't know till many hours later when it when I was you know mm-hmm. brought mm-hmm. up to speed on what was going on there. But yeah, I didn't want to be. Yeah, because there are a lot of pseudo gambling techniques too, though. Right. Magicians exactly. who claim to be gambling experts and and really don't know much about gambling at all, but they know some sleight of hand and can kind of do sleight of hand routines that have gambling themes, which is actually different than being a, a true gambling expert. Yeah, there's something interesting about that there that like you're you're trying to do a presentation of this cheating at cards theme, but in the process you're cheating at the cheating. You yes. Know? <laughs> yeah, you're claiming you're doing a center deal, but really you're not. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like a meta cheat. It's like, all right, if you cheat a cheater, or is it like honest again? <laughs> well, you can't cheat the cheater because the cheater knows your pseudo right off oh, the there bat. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just seeing how many levels of meta cheating we could get <laughs> <laughs> into one. Uh, yeah, into one routine. Mm-hmm. But um, there might be a ploy there. That might be a a, like a routine idea. What? What? No, (laughs) talk about the cheating of the (laughs) cheating routine. (laughs) Talk about the pseudo gambling. Yeah, it feels very Penn and Teller. It does feel very Penn and Teller. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. It's just meta enough. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'll write them an email. I say you do it. You can get away with it. Anyway, um, uh, so that's cool. You had a lot of visitors, and they enjoyed the show, and they got to see all the new stuff. And um, So they claim. They claim to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of yep. course. They're not going to tell. Yeah, they're not going to lie to you, Matt. They Everything it. went smoothly. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was really uh, cool and special to have them there, and I love it. I love it. It's kind of like uh, yeah. feels like we're really getting back into doing shows again now that we have people we know coming and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah. So. And um, I mean, things are like really opening up in New York now. I mean, I think they just had the um, like the I think as of this week, like no mask requirements and no bar that hour happened limit. very abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. Nationally. Very, nationally. Yeah. Yo, I showed up to the theater. And they're like, yeah, I don't think the audience has to wear masks anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? And like, boom. Like, yeah. I, I still don't even know if, like, the clarity on whether or not I need to be wearing it when I go in the audience or if I bring someone on stage. I'm still following like the same exactly. thing I have been, just kind of putting it on when I go within 12 feet of someone. But like, right. I don't know, you know, until someone explicitly tells me otherwise, I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And there's a lot of businesses that are still like requiring it and, you know, and especially like public transportation, you're supposed to be wearing it. So I'm, you know, definitely wearing it there. But like once I got vaccinated, I was like, you know, itching to take the mask off, but obviously doing it anyway, wearing it anyway for the protection of others and following the CDC guidelines. But the fact that CDC is like, if you're vaccinated and other people are vaccinated, indoors, outdoors, anything's cool. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like now now it's up to like states and, and individual businesses, I guess, to have their own policies, which are fine. But I got to do a show without my mask this week. And it was wow. amazing. It felt Very like nice. old times. Like I felt on, like the rhythm yep. was like there again. And like, and you could see people's imp- faces. Yeah. Or were they- yeah. yeah. And I could do like, imp- like improvise a lot better with the audience members. Um, because they, um, you know, like again, they were, if they wanted to wear their mask, you know, they obviously could, uh, but I was bringing people up on stage. We were still kind of distanced anyway, but like, yeah, just to be safe. 
And then even like um, the scam shows that I've been doing, we were kind of defaulting masks on in those little rooms and then being like, is everyone okay if I remove my mask? I'm vaccinated. And if one person says yes uh, or no, rather to that, then we keep it on. I love if one person says yes, then <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, take yeah. it right off. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Everyone no. else says the no. Opposite. Yeah, the opposite. Being respectful to people's needs. But now right. we're kind of, uh, you know, because of the new guidelines shifting the other way, like the, yeah. the default is no mask and if you want me to wear the mask i'll put it on so it's like a that that whole psychological thing of opting in versus opting out of like right. which one is the default um and most people have been you know super cool and i think most people come to the show it's a self-selected audience anyway that comes to the the scam show that's usually pretty vaccinated too so i mean the risk is pretty minimal uh, and uh, yeah. you know so we're being safe i'm i'm not saying that just to you know if people i know there's people that are still like very cautious with the mass and everything and that's okay too uh but yeah. i think you know we're, we're just at this point now but uh i gotta tell you about this fun show i did it was um it was down in brooklyn i don't go to brooklyn too often it's very hard to get to from where i live in new york uh but it's a, a variety show uh and they're doing two shows a night one at seven one at ten and they have a set cast it's very like burlesque and variety driven circus acts a little bit too but they always have a guest spot. It's called The Rose Room. They're doing it every Thursday in Brooklyn. And uh, 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 performer um, Dusty Rose is his uh, name, is producing the show, hence The Rose Room. And uh, he has a cast of like a singer opens up the show and there's dancers. There's, the stage is like ginormous in the back of this bar. And then it's like, uh, a circus act came in and they were doing like crazy circus stunts like uh you know hand balancing off each other and like those kind of what what's the genre of circus where they're like lifting each other up and like doing these weird kind of acro like, strong man kind of thing A but acro it, right i think it's involved in the acro world it's not like flip so much as much as like strong i guess the gender neutral would be strong person acts now. right yeah right so they're you know uh you know they're lifting one up over with one hand and like you know on each other's shoulder you know that kind of stuff and then oh man they did this um i think you've seen this act before too where they like staple things to each other oh i have yeah oh my god those acts are so crazy to watch mm -hmm. <laughs> right Mm -hmm. So they like, uh, yeah, they they were doing ribbons. I think I've seen it with like dollar bills or drawings and other stuff before where they literally just take a staple gun and they just staple each other. And it just, it's real staple. There's no trick to it. They're right. literally stapling. Each anyway, it's it more, I guess that's more in the realm of like sideshow. Uh, yeah, it is. Cir yeah. Circus, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then I performed and I did my blindfold act. And that was just, again, I felt on my game finally did you staple the blindfold to your no, eyes no i just used no. my normal painful duct tape <laughs> 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 which is uh enough of a to take that off oh boy <laughs> sounds like a cakewalk compared to the staples I let know, me tell you i know i know <laughs> although i wouldn't want to do it do you you do tape over the eyebrows don't you i i do yeah i do over each eye and then like even around my head too so and it's never like a free head. wax job for the eyebrows no no <laughs> wow. uh, never you don't even not, not at all i mean the if you examine that tape it's not fun to look at afterwards it does okay. hurt yeah <laughs> you, yeah you never know what you're gonna find on there <laughs> <laughs> that sounds even worse than I the way I put it, man. <laughs> I don't know what is it that's on there. Oh, just like you know, little eye goop. 
like yeah, like little eyebrows and stuff. You'll see. Oh, so they do yeah, come yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not wow, if you start eyebrow. doing more shows, I mean, you, you might be browless. Uh, yeah, I mean, I make the joke in the show about that. <laughs> but it really could happen, I feel like. And no, it's not removing my entire eyebrows. Now, if you were browless, it wouldn't hurt as much. I guess that's true. So you're saying I should shave my eyebrows. I think it would be a unique look that would definitely stand <laughs> out from the rest of the pack. I don't think anyone would talk to me off stage. That's the problem. <laughs> hey, you could always draw them on. Sure. Okay. Fair. All right. We'll do it for the. Ca- That's the goal for this week. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. They had jugglers, Matt. They had a. Um, they had a someone juggling clubs, and like he did a bottle routine as well. And it was just a very fun production. What's interesting is between each act, they're kind of doing it like more of a burlesque room. So they wanted like the servers to come around pretty frequently to get everyone's drinks and everything. So after each act, there was like some ambient music, which was a little getting used to like the, with the flow of the show, you get like one act and then a break for the servers and some, you know, dance music and then another act. And then so so I think because he's doing it the first time, I suggested like maybe like do a run of two or three acts and then maybe a, you know, a little break. And so at least there's a little bit of momentum. So, uh, but other than that, I think it was a really, really successful opening night for him. So awesome. And I'm sure I'll be rotating back into the lineup as a special guest magic act at some point. And, you know, when, great. I'm, when I'm not on the road, hopefully, which is, you know, those are hopefully coming back as well. Right. So I, sh- I should mention, it'd be crazy not to mention, um, a lot of a uh, lot of shows have been announced in Vegas to not be reopening this week. Oh, really? Yeah, there seems like to be a tectonic shift in um, sort of not reopening some of the some of the non traditional showrooms. And what I mean by that is like showrooms that were not uh, initially intended to be like theaters, essentially. So like it right. was originally a small, you know, meeting space or yeah. yeah. Honestly, in some cases, probably like intended for uh, to be a large storage area or like there are a lot of small spaces, you know, venues that seat um, a small number of people, maybe 100, 200 people or something that were converted into showrooms. And there seems to be a shift in, in not wanting to reopen those venues. So, you know, more developing on that as as we progress. But that seems to be the. uh the angle moving forward and, uh, you know, uh, so it's just interesting. And, um, I'm sure lots of people that are working entertainment uh, or were working entertainment, um, in Vegas are sort of feeling that right now. And it was sort of, um, abrupt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, our, our, our thoughts go out to them. Our hearts go out to them for, are there any shows that I would recognize that are like surprises that like, Oh, that's not coming back or they're going to find a new space or anything like that or, uh, quite a few. Okay. Cool, cool, Quite cool. a few, and, yeah. and 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 some that you would indeed recognize. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if but, I make you know, Vegas fingers trip, crossed, I'll figure fing- it out. <laughs> yeah, no, fingers crossed that um, you know, most of those will be able to find a place to do yeah. to do what they kind of need to be doing. You exactly, know? exactly. So. I think there's always going to be some kind of outlet, hopefully, to like figure out some iteration of the show, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand, you know, it is Vegas, so that that high-end production value is uh, a lot of times what people are anticipating and are wanting, Um, so I get it, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Though I feel both sides of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's been a tough year for entertainers, both sides. Um, Yeah. I should mention um, that uh, I didn't tell you that this is the fun news. We are recording this on my old computer that's fixed again. 
Well, I was going to say, is your computer fixed because you were freezing right before we started? Hey, hey, that and was. And I don't a, mean cold. No, that was like a camera thing. That wasn't a computer thing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. They got it back to you pretty quick. I know. I was surprised too. But I, uh, you know, took the opportunity. I got very accustomed to the Apple Store, like in their protocols. <laughs> and like, yeah. Uh, dropping the computer off, picking up the new one, you know. Uh, but yeah, they, they got the part pretty quickly and they got the repair done pretty quickly. So we're back. We're back in business, uh, and uh, I took the opportunity just to like chill out in Central Park for a bit, which was fun. I haven't gotten to do that in a long time, and just like read and like explore and like see nature in the city. Um, it's good. It's good to clear the head. Is all I, I want. How you say refer to the city as nature? I mean, the nature in the city is the Central Park. <laughs> that's where you. That's like one of the few areas you can see nature. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, so you return the old one? Yes, 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 yes. It's all no good. problems. It's all no, no problems. I think they expect it. No questions <laughs> asked. No questions asked. Awesome. <laughs> all good. Um, Matt, did you see this other news about AGT? No, no. What is the news? So there's a spinoff coming. Okay. They announced called AGT Extreme focused on now, just the could, extreme and danger acts. I was going to say, I feel like I could take a guess on what that entails. I mean, it's yeah. all like the, you know, jumping off a ramp on a motorcycle. Sure. Or all those sort of jumping into a kiddie pool from 100 feet in the air. Was that like on that. your season? I think it was on your. I thought it was yours, but I guess oh, it was neither. It might have been. Uh, it might have uh, been mine. I don't know. I remember the one extreme act I had on my season that I remember was the uh, the cannonball guy. He was the human okay. cannonball, and they like had to do that outside, obviously, because <laughs> they can't right. do that in the theater. So, yeah, I think they're gonna do a whole show about um, these extreme acts because I guess it is hard to do like to have like the stage acts and then like the extreme acts and kind of go back and forth in one season. But um, it's just interesting because. There's just, I mean, the spinoffs. I mean, sp- AGTs are having spinoffs. That's pretty. Give me, incredible. give me the tea on this, cause I spill the tea, cause I haven't heard about this. How did you hear about it? Like, do you I know s- any other information? I saw just a headline, and then I just saw that they were just gonna, you know, the, it made sense to me that they they wanna. Those are big spectacle events. Those acts. Mm-hmm. So to like bring up, I guess, the spectacle of AGT, but I don't know anything else about it. Well, um, that's my question. Is this just like, uh, you know? Let's say with COVID, they, you know, instead of shooting uh, 10 episodes of auditions, I'm making up these numbers, they only did eight. So they're going to fill in like a ninth and 10th one with like a danger special. Or is this a whole separate thing, kind of like they did with the um, um, AGT retry one, uh, the champion one? (laughs) The the retry one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going on AGT retry. I'm retry. <laughs> no, I knew that wasn't what it was called. <laughs> um, no, I think it's spinoff. My impression, and I can have this wrong because again, I didn't read the the whole article. I kind of just saw the the headline and got caught the gist. But it seemed like it's its own like series. You like think it's, it's a whole series? I think it's its own oh, competition. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, and it's a contest format. You think? Yeah, and I'm seeing. Is there a way to still get magic? Uh, I thought you were going to say, is there still a way to get cast as a mentalist on AGT Extreme? I'm sure there's mentalists that do dangerous stunts. I'm not one oh, of them. Oh, very true. Right? Like So like a big Russian roulette kind of thing where yeah. like, your life is in danger. 
I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I mean, there's definitely been acts that have done the show in the past that have been more, you know, escape artists, that. I'm sure, going to be on this a lot. Um, so there is going to be probably an element of magic. I don't think it's something that I'm going to do. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. I don't see you being in the extreme category. No offense. No <laughs> well, offense. When people think Eric Nittleman, they automatically think extreme. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine how both we, how much we'd both just be out of place at something like that? Yeah, I know. Uh, anything with like uh, sporting events or like you know, like riding a BMX bike. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, what would they even do if they had to like take what either of us do and try to make it extreme? Like, oh, we're gonna put these torches behind you. Oh, I like, like that idea. Yeah, do what I'd we're like, already can doing. Can I stand further from the fire? Yeah, I like that. Like, get me and you to do what we normally do. Like, me just talking on stage as a mentalist, you doing some card stuff. But, like, just explosions in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Like an action movie. Yeah, exactly. Like Naked Gun. Here's a movie reference Uh, that's in your book. There you go. Nothing to see here. And you can see all these explosions happening. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know that reference? Do you get that? Remember that part? Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Should we pitch some of the producers? <laughs> well, well, that's the other thing too. Is you know they always like on AGT the normal season. Like they'll they'll put on some more jokey acts just to kind of have that like gong show experience in the first round. So I'm well, here's the thing. I'm not interested in being a gong show experience. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying for us per se, but. <laughs> You know, just to put a very non-extreme act and then just having all the judges comment, ooh, I don't know if that's extreme enough for our show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't even be on the set for something like that. I, I would know. literally look like I was afraid the whole time watching the danger acts. I mean, I would, I would, I would probably I really, would be afraid. <laughs> like, I get squeamish during that stuff. And if something goes wrong, I mean, do they just – did they just like up their liability insurance, you know, for the show? I don't know. So, I don't know if we talked about this. Probably not. But like, if you're doing something, let's say you're involved in some sort of TV project or movie, and what you're, I, I, I wish I could remember what it's called. It's along the lines of like liability insurance. But if you're basically doing something dangerous, sure, you get paid more. Yeah, it's like, but ha- it's like a nominal pay. fee. Hazard pay. Hazard pay, that's what it's called. Yeah. We never talked about this. Thing. No, no. But it's so ridiculous to me. Because, like, on one hand, it's like, oh, cool, yeah. Like, you're getting paid more. But, like, at the same time, it's like putting a dollar amount on your life. It's like, you could die, so we're going to pay you $200 extra. Yeah. Well, right? Isn't that kind of what it is? That's the stuntman industry, isn't it? Like, yeah, I think so. Like, same idea. And it's just like they know they're putting their lives at risk. And some they obviously want to make the stunts as safe as possible. Right. But there's still that, you know, X factor, a, a different Simon Cowell show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, that things could go wrong. And I mean, I guess that they're willing to take that risk. And Have you heard of the spinoff of that one, X Factor, X Factor Retries? <laughs> no, I thought it was X Factor Extreme. And it's just people <laughs> singing with like, you know, rocket launchers as microphones. <laughs> 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 that show's not around anymore, is it? I don't know. Is it gone? <laughs> I don't maybe, know. maybe in America it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's probably elsewhere. I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. 
But speaking of X factors, I'm gonna see if you can solve this X factor. Look at that transition. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? I hope we haven't done this one. Uh, I don't think we have. Uh, Rick is asked to carry a barrel of water across the desert for his Cub Scout troop. The barrel is two feet high, 1.5 meters, uh, sorry, 1.5 feet in di diameter and weighs 100 pounds. What can he add to it to make it lighter? Talk it out, em talk it out. Empty space. Empty space. Interesting. You can add empty space. It's a, like a closed barrel, so I, I don't know how you would add empty space to a closed barrel. Uh, light. You can add light. You can shine a flashlight on it. And it would make it lighter. Oh, I see. I like that pun. Oh, clever. That's outside the box thinking. Uh, no, that is wrong. Okay. <laughs> what can you add to it to make it lighter? Yeah. Do you want to hear it again? Or you All right. Good? Okay, sure. Why not? This is your second read for our listeners who were um, uh, tuning out during my first read. <laughs> Uh, Rick is asked to carry a barrel of water across the desert for his Cub Scout troop. The barrel is two feet high, 1.5 feet in diameter, and it weighs 100 pounds. What can he add to it to make it lighter? A dolly. A dolly. He can add a dolly. That wouldn't make the barrel. It would be easier to move, but I don't think it makes it lighter. I mean, I'm sure there's like physics vectors and like where the fulcrum point is and the, the but no, <laughs> yeah, but no, that I think that would be more of a trivia question or a math question <laughs> or phys science question rather than a riddle. What can Rick add to it to make it lighter? I um, will say another per another person. Again, that's not actually making the barrel itself lighter. So you you're looking to make the barrel itself lighter, and you were on the right train of thought. With your initial guess. Which was the light. Nope, prior to that. Empty space. Empty space. What could he add to it to make it lighter? Um, Like a hot air balloon? Mm, again, the barrel itself still weighs the same in that scenario. You're thinking of so all So I need to things. physically change the matter of the barrel like, by adding something? Yeah, like if you were to put it on a scale... The, the weight would change. Hmm. A saw. You add a saw to it. <laughs> You're getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> uh, what does the saw do to the barrel? Cuts it. Yeah. Okay. But you don't want to cut a barrel, but you could modify the barrel in some way. Hmm. There's a Disney movie, I believe, with a, a maybe a young Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> I don't. I'm giving you the clue because I I don't think you would get it. The <laughs> <laughs> young Shia LaBeouf. Oh my gosh. I'm only familiar with the young Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I hope you. Which even that, that I didn't watch. Even Stevens was that Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I don't think he was in that. Oh no. no I think he, he was, was the main character. He was in this was movie. Frankie Muniz. He was, he was. I was correct. Okay, good. Um, he was in the Legos or the Transformers. 
He was not in Lego. I think he was. You don't think he was? A, oh, he was in one of the Transformers. Anyway, let's not talk about movies because I'm not going to be accurate because I'm thinking about the riddle. Uh, but uh, there's uh, if you add something that is a complete. If, if you had a, a barrel of whiskey, how would you get the whiskey? Oh, you add the straw to it. The straw? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I, I don't know if you're laughing because it's a ridiculous answer or because you don't drink whiskey from a straw. Both. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, wouldn't it work? What, how do you get the straw? What do, what do you mean add the straw to it? I don't know. You add a siphon and you siphon out the water. A hole. There you go. <laughs> I love that my clues eventually get you to where you need to be. <laughs> Woo! I feel really accomplished on that for eventually getting it. So I'm not... I'm technically not 100% on why, which, which meaning they mean, because there's, I think, two ways to think about it. It's one, if you put a hole in the barrel, yeah, the water yeah. will come out, and then it's lighter. So you're technically correct adding empty space in that way. Mm. Or do you add a bunch of holes to the top of the barrel, and it's like you're getting rid of some of the wood weight because there's no, a lot of holes. No, it's the water okay. weight. <laughs> it's a leak. Anyway, uh, we'll do both. <laughs> <laughs> But let's uh, jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. How much do you know about bumblebees? Is that the question? Because uh, if so, uh, a little bit. Did I get it right? <laughs> <laughs> That, that was that was a preliminary discussion. Oh, okay. I know a little bit about bumblebees. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> is the answer bumblebees? <laughs> no. Uh, the, the answer has nothing to do with bumblebees. In fact, bumblebee might not change the anything. It's just not what I meant to say. My okay. question is, how much do you know about honeybees? <laughs> also a little. <laughs> Got Same that answer. Right <laughs> okay, here we go. Yes. This is now your question. <laughs> okay, fair. I like that you had to clarify. How many pairs of wings do honeybees have? Ooh, that's interesting. Pairs of wings. Oh, well, every time I see a honeybee, I try to get far away. <laughs> <laughs> So I can't know this from direct observation. Okay. Um, um, that's interesting because bumblebees have like little tiny wings that like almost defy physics on how they're even to stay afloat. That's amazing. Right. Um, can you can you distinguish a honeybee from a different other other type of bee? Yeah, like uh, like a like a bumblebee. <laughs> they look very different. Uh, no, a honeybee though. Yeah, honeybee. Sure. I kind of had an idea versus what, a hornet versus yeah, yeah. like a wasp or a yellow jacket. Cuz I don't know thing. for sure if the answer is correct for all types of bees because it, it just said the original question I found just said bees. So, now because you're a stickler, I I did a little research. Oh, okay. And I cool, and cool, I cool. verified at least for honeybees, okay, so I great. know for sure. Great, great, great. According um, to the internet, so it must be true. I want to say, I'm just trying to think of. And like there are most, choices, by the way. Most but. winged answers. I mean, it's got to be. So you're looking for the number of pairs, so not the yes. number of wings, because I was like, it's got to be an even number. <laughs> we could easily figure out. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, uh, the number of wings based on the number of pairs in the options. All right. My instinct is to say two pairs. Two pairs. Now, would it be interesting if that wasn't an option, though? Whoa, give me the options. Okay, that it was just a hypothetical. That is an option. <laughs> <laughs> so, A, one pair. Okay. B, two pairs. Okay. C, four pairs. Right. D, six pairs. Well, I think this is a riddle as well because I'm still going to go with the answer at B. <laughs> 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 Two pairs. <laughs> Yay! I got it right. <laughs> uh, was that a clue? Was that the clue you put the correct answer at B? I'm so taking credit for that being. A clue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like other like 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 flies and stuff too. Like they have like the big major wings and maybe like a little leather set uh, as well. So um, I don't know. That's, so it's interesting. I believe um, uh, I X'd out of it, but uh, the front wings are really the big ones, I think, and then the back ones, I think, are smaller. The back pair. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was picturing in my mind. Mm-hmm. And what is um, what's the name of like the study of bees? Is that is that or like was that the apiary or api apiist? <laughs> I am not familiar with that. So you get like, you, you, would you ever do like the beekeeping and like wear the suits and all that stuff? Um, no, no. I think and, I'm afraid of bees. I mean, I, I mean, certainly you've seen the old Penn and Teller bit where they were just surrounded by bees. Yeah, just covered. That was a thing. That, That's like a circus act too, of like in a way of just like covering with the bee beard, having a that bee could beard. have been on AGT Extreme. Uh, that could be. That could be uh, the staple act. <laughs> I feel like it's on par. Imagine if they stung. brought it out of retirement, oh, and they did like a little guest spot there. You know, I don't know. I don't. Bee stings have a whole. Uh, I have a bad yeah, a cra- memory yeah, of. of there those. was a crazy story of what happened with the bee sting during that. Oh yeah. Do you know this? Uh, I, it, vaguely, maybe. I mean, I don't know if this is just. Uh, I don't know if it's. I, I imagine it is true, but I guess Penn got stuck in the roof of his mouth. Oh no! Oh. Supposedly caused his. Hmm. How do I say? <laughs> You're wondering um, if we need another explicit tag. <laughs> yeah, just. It just sure. Yeah. It, I, it, it caused an area that you can't see to swell up. <laughs> I was going to say the roof of the mouth is probably the second worst place to get stuck. <laughs> 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 the second most <laughs> hey matt i think we have uh some mail you want to check the mailbag okay the mailbag. i've got mail uh i don't know do you want i i clicked on one that says for matt uh, that's probably you should read it then yeah but let me just scan through i want i want to make sure it's not uh like something yeah. you uh like a trivia or something Oh yeah, you're not yeah, supposed yeah. To see. because again, if you want to write in to the mailbag, you can write us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail dot com. And if you are submitting trivia or riddles, uh, put for Matt in the title if it's a trivia question he's going to ask me, or put for Eric in the uh, subject header if it's a riddle. That is so confusing, Matt. by the way. Or just write <laughs> trivia a <or> riddle. 
<laughs> we'll figure Try, it like, out. Uh, like Eric, do not read. Matt, do not read. Whatever. Uh, yeah, um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, so this is fine. You, you, this is, there's nothing secretive here, I believe. Okay, cool. Um, but this is okay. So this is cool. This is from uh, Rob, and he's asking about juggling clubs. The the, the oh, uh, subject your birthday boxes. Present. Yeah, the subject box is circus. So I thought this was going to be about the circus, which would have probably excited you much more. Right, I do love this. Um, oh, he's talking about uh, what, what type of uh, clubs do I have? Um, they're actually Dubai which is one of the few sort of known um, club makers. But I heard this week um, that uh, my friend prefers Renegade. So I'd be curious to know, um, Rob, what you prefer, if there's a certain brand that you enjoy. Um, let's see. And when you say Dubai, I thought Dubak, the Star Wars animal that the stormtroopers ride in the desert, and those would be tough to juggle. Uh. <laughs> I imagine so. Um, I guess I must have talked about it being painful juggling the the clubs. I guess. Well, you're just starting out. You know, you're you know, it's different than you were saying throwing juggling balls up in the air. Yeah, uh, he's saying that a baseball hat prevented him from getting hit in the face on more than one occasion. So that's interesting. That's a good tip. Yeah. I mean, we also uh, because of the pandemic, your face shields are probably <laughs> helpful. Yeah. Wow. Um, there, and then there's uh, uh, a group that we might be interested in, the American Circus Alliance, which is a dot .org. Oh, all right. Um, we'll give them a shout-out. And I guess it's uh, involved with supporting the circus arts. Well, that's fun. That's great. But I, I put this to you, sir. I put this to, uh, to Rob to answer back, if you don't mind. Uh, what type of clubs do you use? There we go. Are there multiple brands you like? Are they wrapped? Mine are just like solid plastic beginner clubs, but like – I hear that the ones that are wrapped around the handles like don't hurt as bad. So mm. I'm just curious what's going on. I have some juggler friends that uh, use those like light up glowy ones. I can't wait till you get to that phase. Is it bad that like I already <laughs> want like knives and? <laughs> you should probably work on the the clubs first before you get to to knives, Matt. Hundred <laughs> percent. Or would you get better faster because the oh. stakes are higher? <laughs> I think you need your hands to do your show. Right. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Just have to cancel the show. Yeah, sorry. Um, Matt <laughs> sliced his hand again. <laughs> um, there's uh, there's also something else interesting. Uh, on a previous episode, we talked about my uh, Mike Birbiglia story. Of yeah, us, uh, that was such a good story. Going to, um, to, to sports camp where he was my counselor. He mentioned me on his podcast this uh, this past week. So no, he didn't. You can check out uh, no. Mike Perfiglia's Working It Out podcast. And no. He, he mentions to me that story when he, like, that was, he said, this is one of the only things he remembers from Worcester Academy Sports Camp was, uh, you know, being my hype man and, like, you know, pumping my name up. <laughs> um, How did you not come out of the gate with this? Oh, it was pretty. It was pretty great. The the thing though that uh, you know, I had to count. I reposted the clip on my social media. If you want to check it out at E Diddleman, uh, but also just listen to the the, the podcast because this podcast is great, especially if you're into comedy writing. Because the whole point is to work on bits and everything like that. That's cool. But uh, he uh, he mentions the story and talks about how, you know, now I'm like a, you know, famous magician, mind reader, really, but in the same realm. <laughs> and Did he then, call you a magician, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a magician. Wow. And, and then, famous in the same sentence. Or successful, I think he said. Okay, I don't okay, think he said famous. Too. Close enough. I'll take it. 
But then the uh, the guest uh, just kind of uh, has to do a little jab at magic joke that uh, you know a lot of comedians do. It's like, oh well, he became a magician, you know that kind of thing. And I'm just curious, Matt, why are magicians always the butt of the jokes, especially when it comes to like comedians and comedy and like that? What do you think? It because it's a uh, it's a pretty easy target for fodder, I think. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of like there's a lot of reasoning why it became. But I think yeah. there's there's so many that have elevated bad stereotypes to become like really you know, great magic magicians and artists and so forth, and those kind of get forgotten about. I think when when a jab like that is made, because <laughs> you're you're thinking of a specific type. I think. When, well, when you're, yes I don't know. and no. Here's my take. So, yes. part of it is our own fault as as a collective <laughs> group of magicians. Sure. Part of it sure. is our own fault that just deserves uh, deserves it. Uh, the other aspect of it, too, that is really probably no fault of our own is like just inherently the nature of what we do has just funny elements to it. Like just the whole ridiculousness of this person can make something disappear or do this. Or, like it's so mm -hmm. ridiculous when you just hear it on paper because we know those things can't really happen. Right. Um, it just kind of opens itself up to, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? Make me disappear? Yeah, and there's a sus suspension of disbelief that's needed for magic to work, obviously. But I think, you know, comedians are always looking at maybe the, the reality and the truth and the way they see things. And I think their idea is not to suspend that disbelief Ooh, ever. I don't know if I agree that, that suspension of disbelief is necessary for magic to work. Okay, sure. I don't think so. I think, I think you can watch magic and not suspend disbelief and, like, the whole time be very... Um, cognizant of the fact that you're watching a sleight of hand artist sure. or a talented yeah. stage illusionist and right. knowing that what you're seeing is very much cannot be what you think it is and right. still enjoy it you know no i think they're too that's true too but for magic to actually happen in that person's mind mm. i think I think I don't know. that analytical nature of understanding oh this is just sleight of hand kind of dispels that mm, magic no sleight of hand is not a method though Right. You know, that doesn't explain anything to me. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think you can experience magic simply by seeing something that has a, a direct clash with what you know to be true physically. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see that point. I see yeah. where you're coming from. Anyway, I don't mean to even get yeah. into those semantics because no, that, you were a, making a bigger point. That's a whole different, yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but uh, but, but I, I want to go back to your point. Comedy, from, you know, yeah. keeping that in mind, too, you know, mm -hmm. from, from the other thing, too, which is interesting, because I know there's, you know, comedy clubs that magicians perform at uh, around the country and so forth. And I just feel like there's a they're lumped in with like prop comics, which are also well, it's true, but prop comics get a bad rap. And right. is that really called for? Exactly. That's my point, too. It's just I feel like there's this this ideology if you're a straight stand up comedian and you're going on stage with nothing but your jokes you wrote in a microphone that if you add anything else to it, it's kind of, uh, you know, bastardizing that pure process in a way. And I think right. that's why they look at prop comics that way, because they're bringing on extra things to help with the comedy or magicians or mind readers or whatever, there's extra props that are going to help. But it's also just because I think <laughs> more often than not, too, with magicians, uh, their comedy isn't as strong. And they try to make, you know, as much comedy as possible, you know. Yeah, and, a lot of hack humor. If yeah, you a lot of hack humor, for sure. 
So uh, that was kind of my take. It's always a little jarring. I know it's expected. And, well, you know, tell me what the some of the stuff that was. Said. Oh, it was just a, it was just one little jab at the end of the story of like, Let's oh, hear but it. he became a story. Like Mike was talking about. It was a jab at you specifically. <laughs> well, just yeah. I mean, just it was just the fact that he's like Mike was telling the story about how you know I became a successful magician and I reached out to him. And, uh, you know, kind of talked about how, like, yeah, him hyping me up kind of stayed with me. And it was, like, very, really sweet. And he's like, he's like, that was a nice memory from camp. And she goes, she goes, uh, I, the guest, uh, Ashling B, who I don't really know. Uh, but I'll have to check out her works and maybe criticize it, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But then she says, like, oh, but how much help did you really do? I mean, he did become a magician. Like, that kind oh, of I like that. jab. That's funny. Yeah. You liked it. I know. And it was funny. And I understand it in context. But at the same time, it's like, why do magicians always? Why does that always oh, have to be that's the butt of the joke? funny. You know? That come on. Okay. I'm glad you're on her side. Oh, I feel, like, I feel like if that were said about me, I would have laughed so hard and probably not remembered it. Whereas you, I feel like it's really sticking with you. No, no. no. I mean, this just happened. It's fine. I'm, I could take a joke. It's I'm just... fine. No, I'm not crying. I'm fine. <laughs> beat red on the other end of the zoom call no imagine <laughs> no but it is a, it is a common thing i mean whenever you see um like a lot of tv and movie writers write about magicians usually they're the butt of a gag you know mm. there's there's a lot there's very few like movies that portray magicians like well I would mm -hmm. say, you know, you get kind of the over the top spoofy like Upert Wonderstone or Job from Arrested Development, which are great characters that are very funny, but it's not like really respecting the art form in any way. But I guess there's no way to kind of have comedy while respecting something. Uh, I, I think there is. But uh, but yeah, I think it's just easier to to find those jokes that I guess are in the zeitgeist of that kind of. Uh, oh, that idea. is actually a pretty good one, though. <laughs> Yo, you're still laughing at the joke <laughs> yeah yeah because it's obviously tongue-in-cheek and like uh, yeah, and it's no, more a jab at him right 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 how right. much did you really help him i mean he became a magician so like i don't know that's <laughs> funny to me i mean i don't know how she delivered it he delivered it she yeah yeah. she delivered yeah, it i don't yeah. remember the name sorry yeah that's fair <laughs> was it ash or i'm not gonna continue to, to plug her no <laughs> 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 a name that will not be discussed here. Um, no, no, that's great. I was um, I, when I was talking to Charlie Fry yesterday, uh, famous magician juggler. I assume some of some of you have to know who Charlie Fry is. Google if not. Amazing, amazing performer. Been in show business for so long and knowledgeable. But we were talking about uh, some performers um, perform to give back to the audience, and some it's more ego driven. And uh, he said something to me like, you know, I never wanted to be a star. And so really? far, that's working out great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also a little different if you're doing your own self-deprecating humor, because that's my oh, brand yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. Like, I'm happy to you know, take jabs at myself because, you know, then it's more controlled. But uh, <laughs> Right, right, right. And that, that's definitely in that vein, too. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, so why are the magicians butts of joke? Uh, honestly, I think it's, uh, honestly, for the most part, it's probably just inherent in the whole mm -hmm. concept of, you know, if people aren't around it, so it's a little bit foreign to them. Yeah. So they're like, what do you mean you can do impossible things? <laughs> you know? Right. But I also think, too, there's still that image of what people think a magician is, like that clip art pull from whatever file of magician top hat cape. We've 
talked about this before of just that imagery and how much magic isn't that it used mm. to be that and you know anyone wearing that now is so out of place and deserves to be made fun of if it's not in the right context of course but i think that's just like there's a modern but i mean you also see the spoofs of like the copperfields and the blains and all those like comedians doing like the over the top magic yeah you don't see those in recent years as much you're right right um do you think magic's getting more respect and we're fighting against that stereotype i don't i don't know that it gets more respect (laughs) but i i do wonder if um collectively the image that comes to mind is different now even just based on social media i'm not even saying it's necessarily a better image <laughs> yeah it's just uh yeah maybe now you're all tattooed up with like a beanie and like yeah the like street. there might be this yeah. like sort of like attempt at looking cool yeah now yeah. that people associate with it <laughs> but there's still that like underlying nerdiness that we all have right <laughs> exactly know? exactly that we don't see but like is totally there and like people watching it see it <laughs> yeah 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 i think it just comes with the territory i guess <laughs> so. yeah yeah no i think it does i mean but don't I, I guess lots of things i don't know i guess like if you're like a chef it really doesn't come with that does it no, because Cause everyone's around the food back. all the time. Yeah, and they don't. Everyone see loves you. food. It's more universal than magic. They don't obviously see you way more in like normally cooking the meal and criticizing you as you do it. You see the music final doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. I comedy mean, doesn't have it because you know it's comedy I mean, itself. There are hack comedians and like for sure, oh, yeah. and there's definitely. I mean, talk about movies about comedy and how some of the jokes that they write for those or the portrayals of people who are not comedians doing that come off disingenuous and laughable as well. But so that's a different thing because you're referring mm-hmm. you're referring to hack comedians. We're not talking about hack magicians. We're talking about the overall idea of like magic yeah, or exactly. magicians being the butt of a joke. Yeah, you just know, in general. you're right. I right, mean, can you right. think of another field that has like a similar um, mime? Like, mime. Yeah, like what would be another Definitely thing mime. that's always the butt of a joke? Mimes and jugglers. And, Mimes, yeah, jugglers, think, yeah. So think, all tangentially related variety to arts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all variety arts. <laughs> but I think that's why it's good to have a sense of humor about all of these of things. Of course, of course. And I bring because it up there just is because a I ridiculousness think, to it, isn't there? Yeah, there is a ridiculousness to it. And I bring it up just because, like, it is an interesting just thing to ponder. Like, again, I didn't I, – it was a fine joke, and I'm not really taking it personally. I will bring it oh up my three God, more times. Oh, my God, Every time you say you're not pissed, I think you get a little bit more pissed. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Watch. Next thing you know, this whole section's edited out. <laughs> Writing letters to Apple Podcasts to get Berbiglia taken down. <laughs> Trolling Ash, whatever, on Twitter. We we should do a um, uh, like a uh, uh, get get him on the podcast and call him out. How dare! <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be just awesome to have him on the podcast. <laughs> that would be really thrilling. Yeah, but you secretly wouldn't even want to use the episode. <laughs> Who knows what else he might say about you? Uh, but yeah, I just think uh, the best medicine is to just uh, be more successful and to continue, uh, uh, you know, putting good magic out there. So maybe we can sway that stereotype a little bit more in the right direction. Oh, boy. Changing the subject fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you saw that move. And now I know why you didn't come out of the gate with this. You were hoping to bury it deep into the episode, hoping people sign off. Uh, <laughs> I think it's time for goals, Matt. <laughs> oh, speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, my goal last week was to not squeeze my dongle into my temporary computer so I could return it. Success! I Huge did return success. it. I did not break the new computer, so it is now successfully returned and got the old computer back. I think this week, uh, uh, my ongoing goals of websites, I'm just... Uh, uh, and, uh, and to finally finish, I'm wrapping up my editorship of... Uh, the newsletter for the Psychic Entertainers Association. So my goal is to get that done and good and in the books, and then I'm free of that responsibility. Awesome. Yes. You, That'll Matt. be exciting when you achieve that. I know. I'm so looking forward to mm -hmm. uh, having like some other free time to work on some other projects. Uh, you know, it is a, it is a big project. Um, you had a project of juggling clubs, which our mail uh, talked about excuse me, mm -hmm. talked about. So mm -hmm. how'd you do? Works in progress. I do, you know, five minutes a day, you know? Oh, that's fun. I don't time it, but like I pick them up. Yeah. They're right by the stairs. So whenever I come up here to come to the office, I try to pick up the, you know, the clubs for a couple of minutes and see if I can gradually get a little better at it. Great. Fantastic. So that's a good work in progress. Um, my next goal, I have a couple, um, is to download the Berbiglia podcast so that I can just have it. I want to have it on hand anytime you're around so I can just play that one line on repeat. It's hilarious. Um, my other one is just to, you know, keep, uh, keep myself sort of um, on track this week. I kind of have a busy week um, with different interviews and things that I have to do sort of each day. Mm -hmm. Um so I just want to make sure I'm in the right mind, uh, mind space to be doing those. One of them I'll touch on really quick. Uh, it's interesting because it's less of a press thing and more of a it's, – it's with a sociology professor, and I thought this was interesting. Oh, and that's I guess neat. she's doing research um, that pertains to magic on the Internet, and I thought, you know, that will be pretty interesting to talk about, and I guess I can update you next week um, yeah. after I have that chat. Uh, it should be interesting, and I know she's chatting with, you know um, – a few people on on the topic um is it social I, media ma uh, magic or is it more like the virtual show kind of stuff that we've been I think, doing or you know that's a good question i think it's oh i guess she was actually at my show oh okay uh, this past week w w just a side note but um i know she spoke to kaylin morelli who we've talked about in this past who has some strong opinions on mm -hmm. how magic should be portrayed on social media so i think social media but it might have a zoom element to it too i'm not sure gotcha but gotcha. i'll update you for sure yeah, that's great. And by the way, you, there was a real quick tip that you kind of glossed over that I think our listeners should be aware of. Like, if you have something that you can just want to, like, get better at, like your juggling clubs, the fact that you have them in a location that, like, it reminds you to work on it uh, because you're walking upstairs anyway. It's like, oh, I could just spend five minutes quickly juggling before I go up. That's that constant reminder. So it's, like, always like in your mindset as you're doing things that's huge yeah i've heard of guys big. that will like leave decks of cards in different areas of the house where they can just pick it up do the move real quick put it back down oh yeah that's well that's that's extreme i think there's a lot of like, i don't do that in all fairness but the clubs thing i guess is kind of the same it's similar yeah it's similar mm -hmm. it's just to remind you to practice so you're uh, right that is actually a really good tip unintentionally that's really good there you go. We're full of them. That's why you listen <laughs> to the full episode. We're full of something, gentlemen. Full of something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we'll uh, continue to buy tickets, see Matt's shows. Uh, go to his website, mattfranco.com. 
uh, or Ticketmaster. Uh, you could check out where I'm going to be. I'm probably posting more on social media as I'm updating my website. Uh, but uh, feel free to contact me if you are looking for uh, in-person or still doing virtual shows. Those are still happening. So let me know. Uh, but please get in touch with us. Uh, tell a friend about the podcast, especially if you're enjoying it. That's how we grow our listenership. Uh, if you, We haven't plugged this in a while, but if you uh, write a review with text in it, uh, it helps the algorithm. So uh, that would be helpful as well. And uh, lastly, you know, feel free to email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on all the socials at mindmagicpod. So uh, this was a lot of fun, Matt. I'm looking forward to how your next week goes. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Can't wait. See you soon, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.